I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations in the name of our Lord. I hope you're having a fabuloso day out there. Welcome to another episode of Coffee, the Bible, and Page. I'm your host, Page. Here's my coffee. By the way, first official cup of pumpkin spice coffee. Yes, it feels a little bit like fall out there, so I'm having my pumpkin spice. September 15th. Mm. All right. Today, we are going to be looking at chapter 19 of Genesis, and it's a very disturbing story. Um, There's a lot of very disturbing elements in it, and uh, we'll see what I can come up with, thinking with my mouth open, but oh my goodness. First of all, overall things I want you to think about, Lot is called, believe it or not, a righteous man, and apparently... He was a follower of Jehovah. But he was making some incredibly bad decisions. If you remember way back in when Lot and Abraham split up, uh, Abraham told Lot, hey, pick where you want to go. I'll go the other way so our people don't fuss with each other. Lot decided to go to the plains where the... Um, it would be the lush plains of around Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, it'd be better for a sheep. And of course, that left Abraham to muddle around in the deserts and the hills and all that kind of stuff with his flocks. And initially, Lot just set up camp um, away from Sodom. But when we reach him today, he's actually ingratiated himself into the community of Sodom, the city of Sodom, and here we find him sitting at the gate. Now, that that's a place where civic leaders uh, sit, people who are somebody in that community, and they judge matters that need uh, legislation, if you will, or that need judicial-type decisions. Uh, they settle conflicts between people in the city, etc. So um, we find Lot sitting at the gates of Sodom. Let's get started. By the way, if you're not able to hear me, please let me know so that I can fix it. All right, chapter 19. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. Now, That Lot was sitting in the city gate indicates his status as a respected member of the community. Legal matters were decided at the city gate by community elders such as Lot. When he saw them, 
He got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. Now, throughout the story, Lot demonstrates his righteousness by his hospitality to strangers. But as we see with Lot, even a righteous man can make bad decisions, which he's already made a truckload of them. No, they answered, we'll spend the night in the square. But he, Lot, insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. First of all, just think how frightening this was. A crowd surrounds your house. They called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Um, I have friends of mine who will use this passage uh, as an example of how homosexuality is evil. And that's another subject for another time. But this isn't that. What this is, is a level of evil and perversion that absolutely would make me run and hide in a closet. These men of Sodom weren't going to go have a relationship with these two men, these two guests. They wanted to rape them. We're talking about a level of evil that is so incredible as to defy description. This is kind of why God sent his angels here, as we're going to find out. So send them, bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. And here was Lot's response. Lot went outside to meet them. He shut the door behind himself and he said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who've never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. He's offering his own daughters up. He's offering his own daughters up to be raped and probably murdered by this crowd. Do what you like with them, but don't do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of my roof. Now he's trying to assert the authority he thinks he has because he's an elder that sits at the city gates. He's been under the impression that he is a respected member of this community. Now, here in my mind's eye, again, I have an imagination and I'm not afraid to use it. He has become very wealthy, is my impression. He's become wealthy. And he's under the impression that he is an accepted part of this community. And it's obvious by his actions that he doesn't participate in the physical acts of evil that the people of Sodom are participating in. But he still thinks that he has authority here. He's about to get a very rude awakening. 
He is using his authority and he's saying, don't do this. And they say, get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner and now he wants to play the judge. Ooh, see, everything is great for the Christian as long as a Christian doesn't meddle or interfere with the wickedness that's around him. Everything's fine until the Christian pushes back, even a little. Everything was fine for a lot until he resisted the will of the people around him. We'll treat you worse than them. (laughs) What could be worse than what they were planning to do? But that's what they told Lot. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out, spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you will be swept away when the city's punished. When he hesitated, got to stop here. Lot's status in the city was probably due to his great wealth and to his uncle Abraham's rescue of the city. He probably had a reputation because Abraham rescued many of the men probably who were threatening him at this time. Ah. Now having to flee with virtually nothing and leaving all his wealth behind, fleeing the comforts of the city, Lot hesitated. The men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the Lord was merciful to them. Now, they were they had identified themselves with Sodom. He had worked his way into the culture of Sodom. And again, he thought he was a civic leader in that community. You can see how much influence he really had by not... Uh, by not resisting the evil around him in the sense of decrying it and calling it evil, he became associated with it. But these people he associated with, they didn't like him. They were ready to kill him. So in the end, Lot ends up with nothing. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please look. Your servant has found favor in your eyes and you've shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Perhaps he felt he was too old. It was too far. Look, here's a town near enough to run to, and it's small. Let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. 
I'm of one of two thoughts here concerning Lot. It's not like Abraham who is arguing for to spare the city. It's like Lot is trying to make a deal for himself. (laughs) Abraham was trying to strike a deal for others. You know, he says, if there's 10 righteous people, if there's 50, if there's 40 righteous people, can we spare the city? Abraham was interceding for other people. Here, Lot is still trying to cut a deal. He wants to go to the small town that's nearby. So the angel said, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That's why the town was called Zoar. Zoar means small. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Now, I don't understand that, except that she was probably too close to the conflagration that was, that took place. Plus, this this space here, uh, well, we'll cover that in a second. I'll be back to that in a second. Sodom and Gomorrah have been destroyed. Sulfur. Maybe there was an earthquake. Maybe there's volcanic eruptions. Maybe there's, uh, who knows. Um, but there was sulfur. And that kind of leads me to think that there's some kind of a volcanic thing happening. Um, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Ultimately, Lot was saved because of God's mercy to him and because of God's covenantal commitment to Abraham. Lot was, a saved, Lot was saved because he was associated with Abraham. Lot was not a really good guy, but he was saved because of his association with Abraham. Noah's sons, not really good guys, were saved because of their association with Noah. We are saved because of our association with Yeshua, with Messiah, with with Jehovah, with God. That is the only reason we're saved, because we're not really great people either. Now, let's talk about post-Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. Why do you think he would be afraid to stay in Zoar? Well, all those cities in that area probably shared in their wickedness, right? And Zoar very well might have been just as wicked as Sodom or Gomorrah. If they were associated with Sodom and Gomorrah, they probably felt about Lot the way ultimately we find out that Sodom felt about Lot, that he was an interloper. He wasn't one of them. He wasn't from around there, really. And they really did not like him or want him. There's that possibility. There's also the possibility that though Zoar was not destroyed in the initial uh, 
destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. I read a report once that said, after that destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, what would later become the Dead Sea, water started moving into the area, inundating the plain area, and what would later become known as the Dead Sea. Perhaps he saw that coming and thought, you know, the mountains might be a good place to be because, look, the, the water's coming up. That might be a reason. But for whatever reason, he was afraid to stay in Zoar. And you know, he didn't have a really deep abiding faith in God from what I can see. Um, yes, he honored the angels that came to visit. And you can see that there's a connection with God, but it's not the same as Abraham's, is it? And when you do not have a close walking, working relationship with the God of the universe, fear becomes a very real part of your life. There are a lot of things to be afraid of out there. There's a lot of things that go bump in the night. And if you do not have a working, walking relationship with the creator of the universe, then those things that go bump in the night are very frightening and scary. So ultimately, I don't know why he was afraid to say and so are, but initially, he eventually decided, you know, these angels told me the mountains would be a good place. Let's go there. So he does. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day, the older daughter said to the younger, all right, this part bothers me. Not going to lie. Our father's old, and there's no man around here to give us children, as is a custom all over the earth. Apparently, Lot wasn't making any efforts to find them husbands. Let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night, they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He wasn't aware of it when she laid down and when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, last night I slept with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also. And the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. <sighs> mm, that's so hard to, to wrap my head around. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. Father, The older daughter had a son and she named him Moab. He is a father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. Now, the daughter's initiative contrasts with Lot, who apparently made no efforts to find husbands for them. Their sexual immorality anticipates their descendants' seduction of Israel's men. In the future, when Moses was leading his people in the desert, they would meet up with the Moabites again. And the Moabites seduced many of Israel's men through sexual immorality and uh, caused a great deal of problems. The daughters were saved because of their association with Lot and his association with Abraham and Abraham's association with God. Abraham was a true friend of God. I, I'm not sure I would call Lot that. 
I don't know. There's, there's a lot about Lot's life that we don't understand, but we can look at what he does and see that if he is a believer, and he's called righteous, so you kind of think he might be, if he's a believer, his strategy for living a believer's life is to walk hand in hand with the wickedness of the world around him, not necessarily participating in what they do, but looking the other way. Not living a life that is a shining example of what God can do. You don't have to be violent. You don't have to be uh, militant against wickedness. But you can shamelessly live a life that reflects the glory of God and the morality of God in direct contrast to the world around you. Don't hide your light under a bushel. I kind of get the feeling that's what Lot was doing. And Lot was kind of, you know, we see from his initial decision to live in the plains that he was kind of governed by money and wealth and things. That's my, that's just my impression. (laughs) That that was more important to him. So, gosh, there are so many, so many things we we can bring out of this story. Uh, the thing about his wife t- being turned into a pillar of salt. Uh, she was hesitating more than the rest of them. I don't know what that means. But I know that Lot and his two daughters escaped by the skin of their teeth. And his story is a cautionary tale of the destruction that awaits Followers of God who try to uh, appease the wicked world around them. In the end, like Lot, who thought he had cachet in Sodom, who thought he had authority in Sodom, who thought he had a place of prominence in Sodom, he finds out that he's nothing in Sodom and that the city was ready to turn on him in a New York minute. Mm. A lot of things there. Well, folks, tough story, tough time. But tomorrow, Genesis 20, it gets a little bit better. So this is Paige. Here's my coffee. Thanks for listening. I'll see you later. Have a great day. Bye-bye. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither should my thoughts be your thoughts. You need to think for yourself.